3: Presented by at Connecting changes everything.
4: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tirec.com, for fast, free shipping, free road roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
1: This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up,
4: America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from sunny, beautiful Los Angeles. Quite possibly the new home of LeBron James. We'll know in just over a month. Welcome in. Hope you're having a great day. Get ready for a great night of hoop. Great night of hoop. Good day of baseball. A lot of getaway day games. Can't decide. Chance I go to the Angel game tonight. Uh, to see their bullpen likely blow another game to the Houston Astros or stay at home and watch Warriors-Rockets part due. I'll tell you before the show ends what I decide. A lot of it's going to depend on the quality of tickets that I can get for free. Anyway, hope you're having a great day. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about a way to correlate this with life, and I have several different correlations. But before we get to the real-life analogy, whether it's politics or life or whatever, um, I want to make sure I point this out. LeBron James was good enough to win last night. Now, while I say he was good enough to win, you're going to say, like, look, he was better than good enough. He had a triple-double. LeBron was not great defensively. And while he had 21... at the end of the first quarter, hit seven of his first eight shots and came out smoking, absolutely smoking. I do think it's fair to point out that LeBron took some bad shots, had some inopportune turnovers and wasn't wasn't perfect, right? He just wasn't perfect the entire game. And like 42 points from LeBron James should be enough. It's exactly what we knew he would do. We just did not know We didn't know that the uh, Celtics would turn the ball over so little. We didn't know that there'd be this many defensive breakdowns, this many turnovers, this many runouts, this many layups, or this many made threes from the Celtics. Boston scores 36 in the third quarter, 36. And instead of trailing at half, they had the lead at the end of the third quarter. LeBron sits the start the fourth quarter games, relatively even, And then Boston lands a haymaker, a knockout shot. And look, if you look at LeBron James' shot chart in the fourth quarter, he did make three layups. He made one uh, pull-up fadeaway. He missed two threes. He missed another pull-up. Look at LeBron James in the third quarter. He only made three shots. One three, one elbow jump shot, one layup, missed four others as statistically dominant as he was, the fact is that most of the damage was done early. Then I understand you're like, look, a dude can only do so much, but I was texting with buddies like you hate LeBron. I was like, I don't hate LeBron. I-, I just don't think he's as good as Jordan. I just don't. And I think that, uh, this was a lot like the NBA finals last year. He comes out like a house of fire. And then at some point he doesn't have it in the tank to continue at that pace, an NBA game is a marathon, not a sprint. I remember this one when, when even sprints sometimes aren't sprints. You ever run the two hundred meter dash? My senior year in high school, my coach at Notre Dame was like, "Hey, listen, we don't want. I want to play football. Can't play football. You know, what you can do. You can run track if you want. Track in Southern California is in the spring. We'd gotten done with the state playoffs." And they said, why don't you go run the 200-meter dash? Okay. So I line up my first race, go sprinting, (laughs) hit that turn, and I look around, and I'm alone in first place. Ha! This is easy, suckers! I come around that turn from the home stretch, and all of a sudden, it was as if they hit the nitro turbo button, and I went to neutral. Shoo, 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 shoo. I went from first to last in a heartbeat. Even sprints aren't all sprints. There is pacing to it. And LeBron simply couldn't pace himself. But I'm not going to put last night on him. Though the team didn't rebound, the team didn't defend, the team didn't get loose balls, I can't expect LeBron James to do everything. I cannot. That'd be completely unfair. Completely. And a triple-double shooting a good percentage from the field, should be enough on the road against the Celtics without their two best players to win the game. He was 16 of 29, 5 for 11 from three-point range. He was just 5 of 10 from the free throw line. Still has the gifts there. Had 10 boards, granted only one offensive board. Had 12 assists, and I'll grant you he had six turnovers. A big portion of their problem was the turnovers that he had. But I'm not going to sit here and say, LeBron James was good enough to win with, right? So last night wasn't LeBron's fault, but last night was completely LeBron's fault. Like, wow, Gottlieb, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. Okay. This team is flawed in its construction. It's flawed in the alignment that they have. It's flawed in the way in which they play. They always want to have shooters, George Hill, J.R. Smith, occasionally Kyle Korver, and Kevin Love on the floor with LeBron James. Why? To space the floor. To give LeBron, based upon how he plays, how the game's officiate, the size of his body's athleticism, the space, to be LeBron. If you help, he can pass. If you don't, he's going to drive, and he's going to score more often than not. Simple, right? The problem with that is, if your team is set and based and, Placed, uh, you know, the personnel is based upon offense. Well, George Hill can't guard anybody, and J.R. Smith is not great defensively. Kevin Love can't guard uh, Al Horford, and though he trials Kyle Korver can't contain the penetration of the quicker, more way more athletic, younger Boston Celtics. Even LeBron James as good as he can be defensively or as a weak side shot blocker or making hustle plays, the fact is that LeBron James, there's no one on-the-ball guy that he matches up perfectly with defensively. You can give me the, well, you know what, one time he shut Derrick Rose down. He did. He did. And I would, if I was the, the Celtics, if I was the, the Cavs, I would have him, I would have him guard Marcus Smart, who's not a great shooter, but you can sag off him and he, he can take bad shots over LeBron and LeBron can hopefully keep him off the boards and allow him to be a kind of a roaming help side defender. But the reason that their personnel is such, the reason that their style of play is such, and the reason that they lack the other superstars around him is LeBron. This is one of those, all of this could have been avoided had LeBron James at the start of the year gone, you know what, I know I can get out and leave and go to the Lakers. I know I can get out and leave and go to the 76ers or leave and go to the Celtics or leave and go to the Spurs, but I'm not going anywhere. Let's work it out. Well, many people in my seat or in seats similar to this one will say, well, look, you know, I know that that trade wasn't good, but it wasn't good because Kyrie Irving wanted out. So you had a guy who wanted out and okay. First of all, LeBron could have helped that, gone to Kyrie Irving and said, hey, dude, let's work it out. And even if it wasn't able to work out had he said, Kyrie's leaving, I'm still staying, there wouldn't have been the push for the Cleveland front office to get a draft pick. All right. Last night, that trade officially became an abject disaster, completely one-sided trade. Isaiah Thomas was never healthy, not a good fit, couldn't guard, couldn't fit in, had to be jettisoned. They had to get him out of town. Jay Crowder wasn't as good as they thought couldn't start for them. They had to get rid of him and the potential number one overall pick for the Nets end up being the eighth pick. Danny, Danny Ainge crushed them in that trade. Even if they don't have Kyrie Irving. They couldn't trade that pick. I heard all year. Why don't you trade the pick to get one of these players? couldn't trade the pick. You know why? Because they don't if LeBron James leaves, they can't have no players. They can't have no hope. And LeBron has not committed to staying. And while you could say, well, look, that motivates the front office to make moves. Okay. But it also motivates the office to protect themselves for the future. They don't want to leave the cupboard bare. Last night was not LeBron's fault, but this whole thing is LeBron's fault. You even go back to the Tristan Thompson contract. I like Tristan Thompson. I get why he has to be on the floor more than most people, but his contract was too big for his skill set. There wasn't that many bidders out there for him. J.R. Smith's contract, he didn't get a big offer from elsewhere. Otherwise, he would have left. But they overpaid him because he's the bronze guy with the bronze agent. So, so the 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 point is that while LeBron can rightfully say, hey, this is not my fault. I did everything within my power. Like, could I have been better defensively? Yeah. Could I have taken better shots in the third and fourth quarter? Sure. Could I have been a little bit more gay? Yeah, but like, look, dude, end of the day, I had 42, 12, and 10, and I shot over 50 from the field and I was five eleven, uh, nearly fifty percent from three point range. What do you want me to do? Like, I I can't really can't really dispute that. What I can dispute is the reason you have a team that is built this way is because you're only going to, you will only play one way. Why don't they play ball movement? Why don't they move the ball? LeBron James ain't doing that. You can't put in a new offense when you don't practice because LeBron, though he works on his game, works on his body, works on his mind is an absolute computer when it comes to what other teams are doing. You know what he doesn't do? He doesn't practice because he has to conserve his energy. It ain't going to waste it running up and down, running through sets. that They're not going to run anyway. Give me the ball, spread everybody out, screen for each other. I'll read everything and make plays. You know? I need shoot. go get me guys that can shoot and that can, I guess, switch defensively as best as they can. They can switch. George Hill can't guard anybody. J.R. Smith, he's okay. Kevin Love can't guard anybody. Kyle Korver can't guard anybody. Their best defender and their toughest guy, the guy who played the hardest was Jay Crowder. They got rid of him. I would play Shady Usman. At least he plays hard. I mean, they're they they get, they're getting beaten by the Boston Celtics. And you can go like, well, they had all these top picks. Like, dude, stop it. They don't have their top two players. They just outplayed you. They got more offensive rebounds. They had 10 less turnovers. Three-point shooting. You're like, oh, three-point shooting. No, they both were 10 for 31. Exact same numbers. They did make seven more free throws. But they got 12 more field goal attempts. It's just about not turning it over and getting offensive boards. That's it. Last night was not LeBron's fault. The whole thing, completely LeBron's fault. Why is Ty their coach? Right. Even after the game, Chris Minnix has all these tweets and uh, uh, tweets out that, that several Cavs players to a man said, man, they're really well coached. That's a direct shot at your coach. That coach was handpicked by LeBron James.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: J.R. Smith, Boston is extremely well coached. Tristan Thompson says they are a very well coached team. Those are not veiled shots. Those are shots. I've been married for 18 years this August. You know what I don't offer up? How good looking somebody else's wife is. Right? I liked her shoes. It was nice. Yeah, she's fine. You know, your wife even can can like tee it up, be like, I think she is just beautiful. She's okay. It's okay. You can be sitting across from Giselle Bunchden having dinner with Tom Brady. Right? And like, look, my wife, she could say, like, Tom Brady is a really good looking person. I'm like, you know, I gotta agree with you. And then she could say, you know, Giselle is gorgeous. And She's okay. And I know a lot of you guys are like, oh, yeah, no, I would say she's I mean, she's a supermodel. She's of course. She's like, it's fine. Say that when your wife is sitting right there. You don't do that. And if you do enjoy the guest room or the couch or just laying next to her like, hey, honey, why don't you, why don't you ask Giselle if she'll roll over? Why don't you ask Giselle if she'll cook you dinner? Even the most self-confident woman will give you the iciest glare and stare if you're like, dude, she is incredible. I mean, she just had a kid. Look at her. She just had a kid. She's unbelievable. Honey, you're beautiful too. Honey, I mean, like there's no, you don't do that. And that's what this is. This is exactly what you think it is. J.R. Smith, who couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat last night, is sitting there, has the nerve... J.R. Smith, who nearly started a, a, uh, he nearly started a war. They're chanting F U J R. Did you see that Al Horford's wife tweeted out F U J R Smith? <laughs> Amazing. And instead of going, a hey, listen, uh, they, they did a nice job, What you're supposed to say is they did a nice job. We got to regroup. We got a great coach. We'll he'll they'll get together. They'll figure it out. We'll fix some things. There's like personal accountability, and we got a great group. That's what you say. You don't ever, 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 ever go like, oh, dude, his his wife is unbelievable. Like you're 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 gorgeous too, sweetheart. She's oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, like I can even just like, can you imagine if Tom Brady is sitting there at dinner with Giselle, right? And uh, they go out to dinner with I need an imaginary couple, Ryan Reynolds. I have a personal male heterosexual crush on Ryan Reynolds. I can't wait to see Deadpool 2. He's hilarious. Super sarcastic. If I was a movie star, that's who I'd most like to be. Like you're sitting there with Blake Lively. Right. Do you think for one second, Tom Brady, they're driving home, and Tom Brady's like, "That hey Blake Lively, she's really nice. Do you think she'll say, like, she is gorgeous? And while Giselle Bundchen should be super self-confident, she's a supermodel. Financially the most successful supermodel in the history of the business. Dude, that, that, that dog will not hunt. <laughs> Why don't you just drive home with her? That's my Brazilian accent. It's the best I can do best i can do uh. and so do i think tyron lose in over his head a little bit a little bit but i also think that he's hampered he's hampered by some of his personnel even though his personnel is i mean look lebron james is this is one of those things where lebron james is really really bright really bright super smart and so too is kyle corver so too is Kevin Love. And I think some of those other guys are very smart in terms of their basketball IQ. Right? Like I would I would guess that JR, basketball IQ wise, pretty smart. So do do I think they see that Tyron Lou, they're struggling to get the ball in bounds. How many near turnovers or turnovers they have just trying to get the basketball in bounds? As opposed to Brad Stevens, who seems to get a layup. He doesn't get it every time, but there are times in which they get layups or wide open shots on inbounds or, or after timeout plays. What's that uh, Shane Larkin calls him? Not an after timeout ninja. It was like an after timeout savant. That's where you show your coaching acumen.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: Let's bring in Tim Kempton, Of course, had his own star-studded career, now a Suns analyst. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I I know you look at their record and anyone would say, man, they're awful. And they were getting blown out this year. Obviously, they fired their head coach, Earl Watson, early in the season. But how far away are they, Tim, from being competitive for a playoff spot?
5: Well, they're they're definitely going in the right right direction, Doug. Um, uh, how far? I think they're still two or three players away. We obviously need some size in the middle because there, there's a, a lot of thought that Alex Lynn is not coming back. He's an unrestricted free agent. They did not give him a qualifying offer. Uh, that relationship is not the best. Um, we we have Marquise Chris and as you mentioned, Dragon Bender, but they're not. Uh, position players inside, be- being that they're on the perimeter a lot, they're very rarely in position to rebound when we need them to rebound. So it- we need a, p- a piece in the middle that that could very well be DeAndre. Ayton. You need a little bit more shooting uh, alongside of Devin Booker to open up the floor, um, and then you know the bench could always get better. T.J. Warren, if he accepts that role, uh, make- makes makes a very good scoring punch coming off the bench. But I still think they're two or three players away, not not counting the the piece they're going to add in the draft. Obviously, that that first piece in the draft is, is going to be part of those two or three pieces.
4: All right, uh, let's Dragon Bender. I, I'm now listen. It's hard to it's really hard to tell if you just look at box scores, right, and stats yes. because you're talking about playing against low level teams, playing team guys that play and they don't play pay attention to defense late in games. Um, how confident was he at the end of the season?
5: He's getting better, Doug. He, he still he shoots the ball well, very streaky when he gets hot. His shot is very flat for a seven-footer, so it's got to be on. He did gain confidence, taking the ball to the, basketball, the basket a little bit more, uh, playing a little bit stronger that way. So you saw his confidence coming along, but still quite a ways away from being a consistent uh, performer every night. He definitely has to get stronger. Has to has to revamp his shot a little bit, not the stroke, just just kind of getting more legs and strength underneath it. It looked like, you know, at times he struggled to get to the basket uh, with, with the ball on that on those long range three. So I think that's just maturity and, and growing up. So hopefully this off summer, this off season, the summer will help him in, in that regard as well.
4: All right. So if just position wise. Do they most need a five? Do they most need a point? What do they need most?
5: I I I am gonna say a five. They need a big, losing Alex Len, uh Tyson Chandler very limited in the last year of his contract. Alan Williams very undersized is the other so called big man. So uh, Devin Booker, uh Brandon Knight's coming back off an ACL injury, so uh and, and looked very good in the, at the end of the season working out, uh getting ready for the offseason next year. So if there's one spot, I'd say, you know, a, a big guy in the middle is the first priority with the group of players that they have right now. I
4: guess the, the question becomes though, and Deandre is a man child. Yes. He's, he played down the road. Uh, the, you know, Sarvers, I think he's an Arizona guy and he, and yeah, he graduated from U of A. I mean, so it's not like he hadn't watched every game. And, and like, look, he 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 checks many of the boxes, even for the 2018 center, because he can shoot. He has good feet, maybe not the NBA range, but every guy seems to develop that stuff as as they get to the league. But what about the idea, Tim, of, hey, center in the NBA is like running back in the NFL. Like, could you could you use him? Yeah, but you can live without him. This is a world of small ball. Would that hold you back from drafting uh, DeAndre Ayton number one overall?
5: It wouldn't hold me back because of everything you mentioned. He's he's already shown uh, very capable of of shooting the ball facing up. So uh, the pick and pop is there as well as his pick and roll game. So it, it really is where what what you feel you can get done in the free agent market. Maybe you you, you put Doncic and uh, and Devin Booker in the back court if you feel very confident that you get get a capable big to fill in for that need in the free free agent market, because that's another strong suit of the Phoenix suns this summer. Is there is the, the cash, the cap room that they have in the free agent market. But now you play that game. The draft is June 21st. Free agency doesn't open till July one. You, you, which way do you go? Which, which bed, which, which bet do you hedge first?
4: Tim Kempton joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show here on, uh, on Fox sports radio. Um, Look, you, you played in this league. You've covered it forever. You're watching last night. He, here's what I said about, about LeBron. I don't think last night was LeBron's fault, but I do think building a team of shooters and building around offense, uh, as well as the fact that he didn't say he was all in to stay in Cleveland after the season, those two things have undone Cleveland for the life of the season, even though last night wasn't his fault.
5: No, you're exactly right, Doug. Just undermines it. You know the the way that roster is constructed, it, it's amazing that they're they're where they are right now. And, and we're just seeing a, a very good Boston team, kind of kind of just pick them away, like uh, you know, just find the weak spot every time down the floor. And, and the physicality uh, of Boston is, is something to watch at every position. Just in tune as a group group of guys and and playing extremely hard. It's it's kind of fun to watch the team basketball that they're playing and it's, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, LeBron is is trying to do this all by himself without uh without consistent help night in and night out.
4: Yeah, no question about it. Uh do you think Houston uh can can uh can beat Golden State?
5: No, I, I think the mental toughness uh of, of Golden State is just a little bit better up and down. Uh the the roster, you know, you got Sean Livingston coming off the bench that that gives them a a lot of help and they're just so good at every position. Yes, Houston has James Harden, Chris Paul and they're very good one-on-one, but the defense that, that Golden State plays, it just makes it so difficult to score every time down the court and it just looks like they're getting easy shots. So I I think Golden State Wins this series handily
4: again. I brought this up. Uh, I brought this up yesterday. You know, you played on one of the great scoring teams of your era, right? When you played for Paul Westfall with the Suns, you guys had Tom Chambers, you had Chuck, you had Ange, uh, you had uh, you had uh, Dan Marley, this, right?
5: Kevin Johnson running the point. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. And you guys took at the time the most in the NBA, a thousand, almost eleven 1, hundred threes whereas the Warriors shot twenty three hundred threes <laughs> this year, right? So it yeah. took us two and a half times. It really is crazy how, the, how, it, how it's changed.
5: Yeah, it sure has. And, and Doug, the, the whole thing, not only, as you mentioned earlier, not just the guards, but the, the big guys stepping out. We're seeing Aaron Baines develop a short corner three shot to make him even more uh, of a weapon for the Boston Celtics. Uh, Al Horford doing such a great job Shooting at three. Yet it really has changed this game dramatically.
4: Tim Kempton. Tim, you do a great job with the Suns. We really appreciate you joining us. Look forward to talking with you more before the drafts get started.
5: Thanks a lot, Doug. Good talking to Tim you. Tim
4: Kempton, Suns color analyst, joining us on the Doug
1: Gottlieb show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
4: Super, super interesting to see what Chris Paul would do next. You know? You remember where Chris Paul was originally headed? I mean, like, look, I, I don't know if 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 you what you do with the Lonzo Ball thing, and I think they really like Lonzo Ball, but if you could have both of those two, if you have Chris Paul and LeBron James, and everything else, and you you simply you know trade away Lonzo Ball, I, I don't think that's don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Look, I think the Lakers personnel wise I think they would make some they would make most any adjustment that LeBron's team thought was uh, was smart I don't think they will change personnel I don't like Luke Walton is at least for now is going to be their coach they believe Luke Walton is the perfect coach for what they want to do that he's a really really can totally coach now it should be pointed out Luke Walton was hired by the previous regimes hired by Jeannie bus really okay so this is still Genie's call. I don't know if that's and the one guy that they had floated, remember it had been floated through the media that maybe LeBron would want to play for is David Fisdale. He's already off the market. So I think I do I believe that they would if LeBron's like, hey, I'm coming, but not if Luke Walton's the coach, I don't think they would fire Luke Walton. Be like, no, Luke's our coach. You'll be you'll be you'll be fine here. You'll like him. Uh do I think that they would say if he, they said, Hey, we want to play with Chris Paul, I think they could make we could we could make that happen. We can make that
1: happen. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio
2: app.
4: Christopher Broussard joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Chris, are you a ticket snob?
2: No, I'm not.
4: You'll go sit anywhere?
2: <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, obviously, I prefer great tickets, but great seats. But, yeah, I'll sit anywhere. When
4: was the last time you went and sat, sat in bad seats?
2: For a game, concert... Uh, I've been, I'll have been. be honest, it's been a while. See? <laughs> I like, yeah, I would go anywhere. When I'm... was the last
4: time you did it? I, I don't know, because I would never do that. <laughs> Especially if you're buying them, correct?
2: Well, yeah, because you know, look, we get free tickets to so, or, you know, press credits. We can go to so many games that the thought of buying one to sit in a bad seat, is uh, it doesn't really appeal to me
4: anymore. No, no. Going to games is hard. I mean, like, look, the only reason I want to go is because my kids are going to get that going on the field for batting practice. Yeah. But but then, you know, if you sit out far, you're like, man, then they they lose their attention. Plus, I'm going to be paying attention to my phone where I'm watching the game, watching the basketball game tonight. All right, Chris Broussard joins us. You can hear him um, on Fox Sports Radio Sunday nights. It's a great show. I listen to it driving around in the afternoon here in the West Coast. East Coast 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, here's what I said to start the show, and you can feel free to agree, disagree, or whatever. I I wish LeBron would have taken over the game last night like he did uh, in the first quarter in the same way in the fourth quarter. But outside of that, I find it really hard to find fault with him. Dude, you can't do it by yourself, even if he had to do it by himself. But all of this could have been potentially avoided had he simply stated he was coming back. Right? And, and like, look, the roster You mean was...
2: coming back to Cleveland? Yeah. You, and say, so, what, you think Kyrie would have been there? Or, or I the,
4: the Kyrie, could he have tried to work out the Kyrie thing? Sure, he didn't. But could he have, if he simply said he was coming back, many of the moves that were made, they're trying to balance out, look, we want to make sure that we give LeBron a shot, but we got to get this draft pick, right? we got to hold this draft pick, because this gives I, us a I chance for the future.
2: Still, yeah, I think they were right to keep that draft pick, because... If LeBron won't commit, then you can't expect us to give up what could help us in the future. In case you leave, it's just I'm, as simple as that.
4: I'm not disputing any of that. What I am, what I am saying is that I don't, I don't think. I think some of this was avoidable in terms of the, the personnel that they have. Had a couple things. If LeBron would ever play a different way, he won't. He's not. Well, he ain't doing any ball movement offense, and even if he did, they don't practice, so it's hard to install an offense when you haven't practiced. But two, had he said he was coming back, the Cavaliers wouldn't have had to protect themselves against the possibility of him leaving.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, look, I'm not going to jump on him for keeping his, you know, freedom. You know, it's free agency, and, you know, none of the... I mean, Paul George hasn't said, I'm staying at OKC. That's what free agents do. Most of them say... I want to be free, and we'll see what happens. But you're right. Look, I was told that last summer um, Paul George told Cleveland when they were trying to trade for him that if LeBron will sign – George, you know, he can opt out this year. He doesn't have to be a free agent. And George was willing to opt in and stay this year, this past season, and next season in Cleveland if a trade was made, if LeBron would commit – to just stay in the two years, and LeBron wouldn't do it. So I've said before he only has himself to blame, because at least at least you could have committed to two years, and then you would have Paul George with you. You guys might have been able to win the championship or get to the finals at least. So yeah, I, I in general, I hear what you're saying. Uh, LeBron's going with these basically year-to-year deals does put a lot of strain and challenges on the franchise that he's with.
4: Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. Uh, how has Brad Stevens been able to do this?
2: It's amazing, man, um, because there's so much to compliment them about, but uh, their execution is tremendous. And I think Brad Stevens' coach, I used to say, you know, you played Division One, I, I played Division Three, And I used to say there were some great coaches in Division Three. And Stevens played Division Three. He coached at Butler, obviously. But if you gave those, some of those Division Three coaches real talent, they could be really great coaches. And, you know, Greg Popovich coached Division Three, So um, I think Stevens, you know, a lot of times you have to, you have to focus on a lot more strategically and, and things like that when you don't have the talent. And him coming from Butler where you don't get blue-chip talent, um, and now you see him working without blue-chip talent for the most part. I mean, Jason Tatum and Brown are blue-chippers, but they're young. Um, he's just able to get the most out of it. One thing I love about him is that when you fill in for a guy, like when Terry Rozier replaced Kyrie Irving, he didn't treat Terry Rozier like a backup, you know, don't think you're going to shoot like as much as Kyrie did or do what he did. He let him have the freedom that Kyrie had, you know, and you see Rozier capitalizing on it and playing so well. You know, Doug, if a coach gave you freedom, you were likely to play better than you were if you felt like you were, you know, walking on eggshells, looking at the at the bench every yeah. time you made a mistake.
4: can't play with one eye on the bench. There's no question about yep. it. Plus, if you watch his teams at Butler, you know uh, – Two things. One, his teams were incredibly physical, which is what this team is. This team is very, very physical. Yep, yep. The second thing is, this is actually what he did at Butler. People forget he lost Gordon Hayward after the first national championship run, yeah. got back to the national championship game without him, w- without yep. him. Um, and I think without Shelvin Mack that second year as well. And he ends up going to the national championship game. Granted, they got blasted by by a UConn team that had more talent but that was that was more impressive than the first time when he had two NBA players uh, on his on his roster.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, he's been phenomenal. Um, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And for him not to get a vote from the coaches, I talked to a GM who was telling me he, he, he said it's definitely jealousy because guys feel like, you know, he didn't pay his NBA dues. He barely played, paid college dues, some guys feel like, because he was so young. Um, and he wasn't, you know, his mid-major versus major. And uh, that's where a lot of that stemmed from.
4: Chris Broussard joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Did you notice the comments after the game from Tristan and J.R. Smith complimenting how well coached the Celtics were? <laughs> uh, isn't that a direct shot at their own coach?
2: Somewhat. Somewhat. I mean, Ty Lue uh, is not – and this happened all year. Look, I, I think he's done a very good job you, as you kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, it's not easy to coach LeBron James. However, the benefits are great. You know, without LeBron James, you don't have that championship on your resume either. So it's tough. Um, I think Ty's had his moments, but um, he's also had some some bad moments as well. And uh, I think it was definitely a shot. You know, all year long, they haven't held the defense accountable. You know, and... When guys – you know, some teams, if you don't – you lose an assignment, you lose, miss a rotation, whatever, either a timeout's called and they jump on you or you're, you're coming out of the game. They haven't done that in Cleveland. And so you saw last night they couldn't get – like one of the differences with this team and those some of those other poor teams that LeBron James either took to the finals in 07 or deep in the playoffs – they, those were defensive-minded teams. And they had energy guys and some tough grinders. You know, you had Eric Snow. You had Anderson Vergeau, You had Delonte West. So they could get a stop. They weren't great offensive teams outside of LeBron, but they could get a stop. This team is great at times offensively, but they're up and down because they're based on the three-point line outside of LeBron. And so when they need to get a stop, they just can't do it. Some of that's their personnel. Some of that's that they may not be being held as accountable as they need to.
4: And What's the likelihood they make this thing a series?
2: Well, technically they're still very much in it. You know, I mean, Boston hasn't been good on the road. Cleveland's been 5-1 at home. Terry Rozier goes from like an 18-point score to a 13-point score. From a forty six percent three point shooter to a twenty four percent three point shooter on the road, uh Al Horford from 20 points to 12 points on the road. so Cleveland obviously will play better. The role players will be better in Cleveland than they, the Cleveland's role players than they were on the road. so you and you got obviously the best player in the world, so they got a great chance to go back to two. I wouldn't panic over being down o two if I'm Cleveland, what concerns me is that this team, Boston, just has more fight than we do. And the Cavaliers just don't seem like they're built for that kind of fight anymore. You saw it against Indiana. When they got a significant lead, 12 points or higher, 10 points, whatever, they tended to relax, just take their foot off the gas, including LeBron. And next thing you know, they're in a nail-biter and they win by two or three. You can't do that with this team at all. And I don't know if Cleveland wants to have a 48-minute fight anymore. They want to punch you like they did last night. They try to hit you early, hit you hard, and hope you'll submit. Toronto submitted, and then it was easy. They coasted from there. This team's not going to submit. And so that's what concerns me about Cleveland. Are they ready for the fight and built for a fight?
4: What what adjustments do we see from Houston today?
2: (sighs) Well, (sighs) You know, everybody's making a big deal out of Dan Tony saying we're going to do what we do. We are an ISO team. Uh, Eric Gordon coming out and saying we need to pass the ball, not run as much ISO. I think both can be right because they ran twice as much ISO, essentially, as they did in the regular season in game one. And, you know, Golden State, whether it's purposely or not, they bait you into playing ISO because when they switch everything, that's kind of what it ends up being, you know, one-on-one. And if think can just stick to what it did during the regular season where they ran about 26 isolation plays a game, which was number one in the NBA, but in game one they ran 45. That's essentially twice as many. That's why Gordon says, man, I'm not getting the ball, not in the rhythm, because even though they run a lot of ISO, usually they don't run this much. So if they just get back to staying in their game plan – and not get caught up in just going one on one too much, then I think that's best for them. Look, I think Golden State's a better team, but I think Houston can be at its best and have a chance of winning tonight.
4: Yeah, listen, I I think it's it is it is purposeful. I think Golden State does it for a reason. I think they they're like go ahead because it it also yeah. as bad as Harden is defensively, he's made even worse because. He's having to go one-on-one every time. And you know all Houston was trying to do, Chris is what the Cavs did 2 years ago, yep. Yep. which is go at Steph every time down. So look, it 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 achieved its goal. They scored on Steph and they wore Steph out as he didn't have a good offensive game. The difference is now you got two other guys that can carry you still. And meanwhile, James Harden is a, a bad defender is made worse because he's exhausted from from offense.
2: Well, you know, Doug, how hard it is, even if, I mean, look, Harden is a phenomenal one-on-one player. There's no two ways about that. But still, it is hard to shake and bake for 10, 15 seconds and score virtually every time down the court. And the, the difference between Golden State's buckets, which can seem to be so easy, I mean, obviously Durant made some tough shots Uh, not really tough for him but tough for your typical player but for the most part they're getting open threes they're getting backdoor layups Steph is beating his man and getting in the lane for a layup and Houston it just every bucket looked so hard and difficult I just don't think you can do that for the for 48 minutes in a seven game series against a great defensive team
4: agree with you totally agree with you um you you said let's go back to the Celtics. You think this 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 changes when Kyrie Irving returns in terms of how he feels about being on the Celtics? For for people who don't hear, this is going back to Monday when you were on the Herd, right?
2: Yeah, I look, I'm not saying Kyrie is feeling a certain way about this. I'm just and I'm not saying he's selfish. I'm saying he's human. And you know, the I mean, as an athlete at the highest level especially you want to shine, and you want to be a part of why you're winning. And it is tough on any Look, I, he's tight with these guys, I'm sure. He's happy, you know, he's a Celtic, and they're winning. So there is a part of you that's just happy for your guys and for the success, but there's also a part of you that wants to, that's like, man, they're getting it done without me. You know, and, and that's all I'm saying. Now, we, I talked today with Jason McIntyre about, whether or not Boston should make a trade this summer. I would try to get Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I would try to trade Gordon Hayward for him. And, you know, if I have to throw in Terry Rozier and, and the Kings pick or whatever. But also, as much as I love Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving can opt out of his contract after next season. Remember, Boston was not on his list of four teams. He wanted to be traded to. It was San Antonio, Miami, New York, and Minnesota. So do you worry about, well, will he leave in 2019 as a free agent and we get nothing for him? If you're concerned about that, do you look to move him this summer when you've seen you can have success without him? I mean, I'm not saying any of this is in the works or that I would even do this. I'm just saying these are all things – that the Celtics probably have to consider based on how much success they're having.
4: These are these are first world problems. You realize that, right? Like no, let's, no let's see them all play together <laughs> and let let let's let's cause I do think that ultimately not having Kyrie and Gordon Hayward gets exposed if they can advance to see the Warriors. I think we all think that. And that the thought is that if you can bring most of it back next year. That was the plan. And then once you win a championship, people are like, all right, and then can you get some of these guys to sacrifice future contracts to stay with the team? That's the the, the fascinating thing. Uh, last thing. Last thing, is it legitimate? Do you think Clay will take a substantial haircut from what he could make to stay with the Warriors?
2: I do think he will. Um, and I love the fact that he wants to stay with the Warriors. I think that's the smart – he's James Worthy. You know, he's going to go down. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to have who knows how many championships. And he's still getting his 20 points a game. He'll be in the All-Star games and all that. Why, risk as great as Clay is, and I think he's a great player, I don't think he's a number one player on a contending team. And I think most people feel that way. So why look at Harrison Barnes. Now, he's much better than Harrison Barnes. But we haven't thought about Harrison Barnes since he left Golden State. Right, And he le- he's led the Dallas Mavericks in scoring. But who cares? Clay Thompson, I think, is very... You know, it shows that he's comfortable in his own skin. He said time and time again, he doesn't have to get all the attention that Steph and KD and even Draymond get. He's content doing what he does. I just think that's that's great that he knows himself so well and isn't motivated by every last dollar. I get it. I don't really want him to leave 50 million on the table. You know, if he can get 135 or 138 or whatever it is, and he's willing to take 92, I mean, I would rather see him get all his money, but I would rather see him do it in, in Golden State. And if it means taking a little less to stay in a great situation than going somewhere in a, that's not a great situation but you get more money, I applaud him for, you know, recognizing that I'd rather be in the great situation. I'm still making a ton of money, you know, whatever it is.
4: Chris Broussard. Chris, uh, great stuff. Look forward to hearing the show, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time with Rob Parker. Of course, he has the podcast out with Jason McIntyre. Chris, thanks
2: for joining us. Hi, right, Doug. Anytime, man. At Bed
0: 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico,
3: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank
0: you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.